0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. You're listening to the Believe in Giants podcast with two-time Super Bowl winner Carl Banks and the voice of the Giants, Bob Papa. Welcome to another edition of Believe in Giants. Bob Papa, two-time Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. The good, the bad, the ugly of the Giants getting the 2-0 against the Carolina Panthers on Sunday at MetLife Stadium. Hey, Carl, the good is they won a home opener for the first time since 2016. They're 2-0 for the first time since 2016. Look, it's not a Picasso or Michelangelo, a beautiful work of art, but a win is a win is a win, and Giants fans will take anything. The organization will take anything at this point.
0: You know, it's a um it's it's one of these deals, yeah, they'll take anything, but they'll take progress, Bob, and that's what the, the the objective here this season is to show progress, to to create a culture that is conducive to winning when they get better talent, when they execute, they'll win more. Um was talking to Joe Shane yesterday for a second and I said Joe you know I can I can tell you I see a culture shift because this team for the past few years if you're tied if you tell me they're tied at 12 12 16 16 whatever it is and they got a chance to win it at the end of the game they probably would not feel like they had a chance they would they would go out they would not they they would play hard uh, but I don't think they would play with the same intention and belief of winning the football game. And it's a difference. That's a culture shift because it would be nothing for that team in their post-game interviews, hey, we played hard. And you'll look, they'll, they would have played hard just like they did last year uh, for Joe Judge the year before. And all of a sudden, it's just, it just becomes the same old broken record yeah, guys are fighting hard. We got to figure out how to win it. Well, that's the difference now. They're figuring out how to win it. They're figuring out how to make a play to actually win a close and ugly game, you know? So there there is a shift in the culture. Again, when they uh, get better talent, when they, well, let's say when they execute better, they'll be able to win more games and they don't have to be, So, um, so ugly. And then when they get better talent, they'll be able to compete at a higher level. But right now let's, you know, enjoy what they're doing. um, Watch the progress, but understand that the, the mindset is different. That's why they were able to go into uh, Tennessee and beat Tennessee. And you can say what you want about Tennessee. The giants were still the giants walking in there right? And Tennessee had a different pedigree. They beat them. Um, and then they fight a team in their own weight class. They figure out how to win that game. And quarterback made great decisions with the football. So look, it, it is, um, it's refreshing to see, even though it's it's not always pleasing on the eye, but there are some good things. The quarterback, according to the head coach, is, is doing a lot of really good things. So um, there's a lot to be encouraged about.
1: Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit because I remember Phil Simms telling me once a long time ago, he said, look, yeah, I told him that I was watching coaches tape and getting ready for the games. And, you know, you would point out a lot of stuff to me because you have an educated eye as a a two-time Super Bowl champion and all-decade player team. And he said, you know, even when I watch tape, He said, you know, a lot of times I'll make notes um, in the sense that, you know, when I was when he was going into his production meeting or his contacts around the league to inquire about what he was really seeing. So now that the all 22 has been up for sale for many years, you get a lot of smart guys out there that know football that are watching the all 22s and they're making determinations and grading players. On what they're seeing on the All-22. And I remember Sim saying to me, you know, but you don't know what the call is. Mm -hmm. And unless you find out what the call is, unless you know what the play design is, what appears to be one thing could be something completely different. It could be being coached poorly. It could be being coached correctly. It could be player errors. There's a million components that go into it. And Brian Dable was pretty, you know, open with us about the fact that Daniel Jones decision-making in the game was a lot better than people think it was based on a various set of circumstances where guys that appeared to be open. Well, yeah. To the naked eye on all 22, they're wide open, but the quarterback was making decisions on different circumstances at certain points.
0: Mm -hmm. And if it's not a part of his read progression and a guy's running wide open and your quarterback is going through his progression, you're not where you're supposed to be. Yeah. You can be wide open. And if the quarterback can't get to you because he's doing what he is supposed to do, then that's not on the quarterback. So you have to be where you're supposed to be. Yeah. Sometimes it works out right where a guy is wide open and, and we see it a lot um, with guys like Rogers. We see it a lot with more with Patrick Mahomes. Like, when they start to move and a guy uncovers, he's wide open, you hit him. Um, But it's a lot different when you're running your pass offense and people are supposed to be in places that they're supposed to be. That quarterback's not going to reach you wide open down the field if he's not not even in his progression there. So, yeah, I mean, quarterback, according to to the, the head coach, and I have no reason not to believe him, as we went through some of this stuff that, you know, guys need to be where they need to be. And it's still big plays to be made.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like on the, the, the Sills pass interference. The reason why he looks so shocked is because Tony probably wasn't supposed to be carrying his guy in across there. So Sills looks up and he sees the defender and he's like, Oh, and he looks shocked that he hit him and he gets called for OPI, which negates a big play but that other defender should have never been there because the route combination was different uh, as designed. All right. um, Let's talk about the Galladay situation. You know, week one, we had Tony gate where he only played seven snaps and in week two, Galladay only got two. Now I thought it was interesting because coach Dable said to the media, I think he even said it right after the game. He said, you know, we kind of told Kenny during the week that from a game plan standpoint, this wasn't going to look to be sort of uh, a high leverage spot for you based on what we got dialed up and what we think they're going to do defensively. I guess if you're a player as pissed off as you might be because he came running out there in pregame introductions. So, you know, you're, you know, you're one of the starters and all that other stuff. Yeah. But I think, you know, uh, One thing we know about Brian Dable, he doesn't lie. I think if you're a player as pissed off as you might be, all you can ask for is your coach to be honest with you. And it sounds to me like they were certainly honest with him going into the game.
0: Yeah. You know, that, that reminds me a lot of the competition
1: that, uh,
0: because we had a super talented team when I played, it's a little different now, uh, but the competition we had at, who could be on the field on third downs, right? And what you could do to prove your value, right? So you had, aside from Lawrence Taylor and Andy Hedden and myself and Pepper Johnson and Byron Hunt and uh, Gary Reasons, we would line up for every single position on third down. We wanted to show that we could brush the passer as a down lineman We wanted to do it as a stand-up guy. We wanted to be able to play inside linebacker on third down. It gave the coaches more options, but it also, because when those third down uh, lineups come out for your defense and you're not on that depth chart, it pisses you off. Or the coach says, I can't play you because you don't play good man-to-man coverage or you're not as good of a rusher. as." And so what we did, we just worked at it. We worked at it, worked at it, worked at it. And in practice, we showed that we could play uh, down linemen, right? Or that we could play inside linebackers. So that's why we became so versatile. So what I'm saying is, if they tell you this, Kenny, based on whatever the factors are, if coaches are being honest, they'll tell you. Then you go work your ass off and prove to them in practice, because they they do they, they do check these things in practice, right? Mm-hmm. And You start to you start to prove to them that, oh, yeah, I can play in this situation. I can run certain routes differently. Then they put you out there. That's all this is about, right? They go by what they see and what they have available. They would like nothing more than to have multiple options, lineup options on every play call. That's the problem coaches want to have. Players, when they tell you you can't, because it's based on X, Y, and Z, then next week's practice, you better be working on those things so that they can't tell you that you are not the type of player we need for this situation. You need to show them that you fit in those situations or line up at tight end, do a lot of different things. I mean, that's when there's competition or when they tell you you can't do certain things, it's an opportunity for you to prove that, that you can.
1: Carl, let's talk about Wink Martindale and the job that he did. Um, Seven DBs, uh, Xavier McKinney did a great job batting down balls. He and Julian Love, you know, they didn't let the running backs kill them in the pass game, as what happened the week before with Dontrell Hilliard, because as good as McCaffrey is, and he had that 49-yarder, Dexter Lawrence wasn't in there. They blew out that middle, and they caught the Giants, I guess, in a light box there. Um, which, by the way, what was Ben McAdoo thinking as the offensive coordinator with the Giants in seven DBs most of the game? And he's still trying to throw it all over the place when you got Christian McCaffrey, but that's a story for the Carolina podcast. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um,
1: but McKinney and Love, I mean, what a, what brilliant games they played this past week. Um, were those the guys that most jumped out at you along with Sexy, Dexy, Lawrence, you know, Chase and Baker Mayfield out of bounds?
0: I think the entire group, um, O'Shane Zeminis, Ox, did a tremendous job. um, And it's not just in the plays that he was actually involved with, but a lot of plays that he was not involved with. Uh, Darnay Holmes was another guy who factored in really well, Dane Belton. So it was a complete effort. And that's the beautiful part about – and and, and is it Flot? the slot slot. yeah yeah. so this was a contribution across the board like guys that stood out just based on when their opportunity came right you had a big tackle on third down that ends the game you had a big sack uh julian love like you said but it was just watching how wink martindale operates and 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 what he what he does and I said this in the offseason as I was studying um, his defenses, he puts every offensive player in the action. Everybody has a call or responsibility because you don't know who's coming. And, it you know, chances are you're going to miscommunicate and you got to have a quarterback who can make great decisions in order to hurt this defense because he'll go with zero coverage. Nobody in the middle of the field. But then he's got to worry about, the pressure, who's coming in from where. And so oftentimes quarterbacks have to result in, you know, short, quick, hot routes and not being able to hit them down the field. But he does a great job. And again, as they get more players back, they're going to be even more, um, more dangerous in terms of what they can do to an offense when they start to show those looks.
1: What else from this game, Carl, jumps out at you? Uh, obviously, Graham Gano named NFC Special Teams Player of the Week. He's 14 of 18, 50 plus since he's come to the Giants, which is phenomenal. Um, Carter Coughlin. Carter Coughlin forced fumble.
0: Carter Coughlin forced fumble. Great tackle and forced fumble, uh, but that started the game off. And the other piece that that stood out was the crowd. Giants. The 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 Giants fans. Came in anticipation. Uh, they were looking for something great. They got it. They, you know, they got a little restless at halftime, but the the fact that this team was able to come back and and play a really good fourth quarter and win a game just gives them even more hope uh, for Monday night. So that's what you want. That's what you want to give your fan base. But the fan base really showed up uh, for this game in. It's again making this this giant house a home, making it home field advantage is what these Giants fans have been looking to do for a long time.
1: Bet online is the fastest, easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. You can do it pretty simple. Contest events, find reviews and news for every league: Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. Bet online. Top online resource for sports information. Head to BetOnline today. Use your mobile device. Join today. Make your first sports bet. Use the promo code Believe 50 B-L-E-A-V-50, and you're going to get 50% on your welcome bonus and your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Later in the week, a preview of the Cowboys and Ring of Honor. Carl, how do we end these things? Tell a friend to tell a friend. Tell a friend to tell a friend. It's free. Subscribe. Believe in Giants.